On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. tell you what we're going to do today. Uh, we're going to just kind of march through the three days of this weekend over 2,000 years ago. We're going to talk about what took place on Friday. We're going to talk about what took place on Saturday. And then obviously on Sunday, there was the resurrection. So let's dive right into it straight away. On Friday, Jesus was crucified. It was a Friday. And uh, he hung on a cross and there has never been anyone that has ever died uh, for a more righteous, pure purpose than that. Parents will die for their children. Um, you may die for someone you love, but nobody would ever die for an enemy. Nobody would die for somebody who killed their, uh, ki killed their son. Nobody would do that. God loves you so much that he gave his only son for you and I. And that whole moment is called uh, redeeming love. It's a redeeming love because when you and I sin, it pushes us away from God. And so Jesus looked down and he said, look, all of mankind, every single one of them, from the beginning of man to the very last person that will ever live on this earth, everybody here is going to make a huge sin and continue to sin, and somebody's going to have to pay for those sins. He says, I'll, I'll do it. I'll pay that sin. And in doing that, I will redeem my children. I will regain them back into my family because you can't be a person full of sin. And be in the presence of God in heaven. You can't do it. Sin is not allowed in his presence. And so Jesus regained. He, he pulled back his children back into his life. Now this changes everything. Uh, him getting involved in our life changes everything when he gets involved. Now, it's fascinating because I'd like to illustrate this point on how when the Lord gets involved, everything that we anticipate that's going to happen, it changes. All of your worries, all of your concerns, all of your fears, all of that changes. Uh, I uh, went to a gas station and asked for a map. Now, what's interesting is uh, I had to go to almost every single gas station in Texas just to find a map. You can't find maps anymore. There used to be a day where you could get a map at every single Circle K. So I walk in, I'm like, hey, I need a map. Do you have a map? And someone's like, what's a map? <laughs> and another person honestly said these exact words. I don't know that we know how to read maps anymore. 
Like, are you kidding me? What happens if you lose your cell phone? What happens if Surrey can't talk to you? What are you going to do then? So anyway, I got this map. And uh, it's so interesting because when I bought it, I paid $5.50 for this thing. I'm like, are you serious? They're trying to make all their profit off of one sale. Because <laughs> they know they're not going to make any more. But anyway, so I got this map, and uh, it's, it's kind of a souvenir piece. I'll have it after the service if you'd like to come see a real one. <laughs> Do you know freshmen in college right now have never used a card catalog in their entire life? Can you believe that? And the freshmen are like, card what? But anyway, so here we go. This is a, a map, and what's interesting is when uh, America was found, um, they were prepared to die. America Ves Amerigo Vespucci's, Christopher Columbus and, and the crew, they were prepared because what they did is they set out a map just like this, and, and they said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get in boats, and we're going to sail across the sea. And we are going to find out if there's any more land. But when they said bye, see you later, bye-bye, see you, bye. When they were saying bye, it wasn't like, hey, I'll see you in a few weeks or see you in a few months. They were saying bye as if they're never going to see them again. Because the way they saw the world was that the world was flat. And at any moment, while sailing in the middle of the night, row, 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 at any moment, they're going to fall off the edge of the earth. Ah! And they don't even know where they're going to go. They have no idea. They're scared to death. Because that was all they knew. That was all they knew. But all they knew to the extent of their imagination, to the edge of their wisdom and knowledge, it was all false. They had no idea that the way they had been living their life over and over and over again, that God had shaped it completely different. It was so much better than they ever realized. In fact, when if they were to keep in, and I know you guys already know this, but what they realized was... If they keep on sailing in their boat, boats, if they keep going around, what will end up happening is the very people they said goodbye to, they would say hello to. They had no idea that the world was like this. And that is exactly what happened when Jesus was in heaven with his father and he steps out of heaven, he comes into our world he hangs on the cross. He says, you guys have no idea how beautiful this world has just become. When I'm involved in your life, it may feel like everything might be coming to an end. You may go through seasons where it just feels like things are not going good and you are all by yourself. But you have no idea, even though it feels that way, it's actually completely different only because I'm involved. I, I was thinking about it this way. Um, here, I, I, can I give you this, this map, Terry? Hang on to it. It's, it's, it's going to be in a museum one day. Um, but uh, I was thinking about it, and I thought to myself, there are seasons that we all go through. Uh, there are some seasons that are awesome, and they rock. 
Uh, and then there's other seasons that are completely interrupted by a bad situation. And it feels like things are just dark. You have a dark life. Everything's dark. And when that happens, you can kind of go into freeze frame mode. Where this situation that may be depressing or stressing you out, keeping you up late at night, causing anxiety just to fill you. All of these seasons, what we end up doing sometimes is we just hang on. We just hang on and wait for them to pass. But then all of a sudden, the Lord just begins to say, look, I know it feels like you're alone. I know it feels that way, but it's not that way at all. I am a lamp unto your feet. I, the living God, the one who created the universe that puts breath in your lungs. You can't, if you throw a basketball up in the air, it's going to start bouncing and then it's going to stop. When I started your heart, it will not stop beating until I say so. My word, my presence creates everything and I'm with you, I'm in you. And when that takes place, you literally have a lamp unto your feet. You may not know how you're going to get out of a problem, but you always know what your next step should be. You always know what you should say next. You always know what you should do next. And that is a gift from God. You may not know what you're going to do next week. You may not even know what you're going to do at the end of the day. But you know what you should do and what you should say next because he is involved. I want you guys to know. Wow, that was bright. <laughs> I want you guys to know that he's involved. Uh, he redeemed you. If you're taking notes, would you just write this down? That he is, is uh, I'm sorry, I, I got uh, my eyes, my, the pupils of my eyes haven't, <laughs> haven't gone down yet. <laughs> he has a way, don't, don't write down the first point, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, but that's what took place on Friday. Now he dies on a cross, he hangs on a cross, and now we, it's in the middle of the night, and Saturday is coming. Now Saturday is interesting, isn't it? Because we don't really talk about Saturday that much. Like we knew here in the service, we celebrated Good Friday. Jesus died on a cross. What a special day. And then all of a sudden, Saturday. Well, what did you guys do yesterday? I'm going to tell you what you did. You did whatever you wanted to do. It's Saturday. It's, it's just like, okay, bad news, good news coming. We're in the middle here. This is Saturday. Nobody knows what to do on Saturday. But Jesus was actually incredibly busy on Saturday. Very busy. When he died on the cross, he went to a place called Hades. Now, Hades is not hell. A lot of people think it's hell. It's not. Hades is a place where dead people go. Hell is a future place where punishment takes place for all evil people. But Hades is, is actually this, this big place that has three cavities inside of it, three compartments. The, the first compartment is, is called the abyss. Now, in the abyss, it's about as close to hell as what you can get without being in hell. Uh, evil, fallen angels are in there. 
It's called the abyss. And then there's another compartment called torments. Now, torments is where all the evil people go that were born and had lived before Jesus hung on the cross. That's where they all were. And then there's a third category where good people, people who believed in God, good people, this is where they went. They went to a place called Abraham's bosom, uh, otherwise known as paradise. This is where they went. Now, why are they in paradise? Why are they not in heaven? Because you cannot go to heaven with sin. You can't go in. It's like trying to get onto an airplane with a Colt 44. You can't get in. And so here we got all of these people that have lived and have died and they can't get into heaven. Why? Because they have sin in their life and Jesus had not died on the cross yet. And it's his blood that washes away all these sins. So all of these good people, and you can read about it in Luke chapter 16 because there was a story told in Luke 16 about this rich man. And he was evil. He was a big jerk. Has anyone ever met a big jerk before? Uh, are you sitting next to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's, he's sitting... He, he's, this, this, look at the person next to you and say, is, is that your real hair color? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> just, just wondering. Just, just wondering. I don't have a lot of room to talk, obviously. Walter and Tammy's here. Hello. All right, so... All these people that believed in God were all in paradise. So Jesus dies on the cross, gets put in a grave, and he steps out of his body, and he goes to Abraham's bosom. When he gets into Abraham's bosom, he sees all the people that believed in God. All these thousands of people, like Cain and Abel. Cain is in torments. Abel was the good son. He's in Abraham's bosom. The rich man that was evil on earth. He looked at a poor man named Lazarus and he, he ridiculed him. When they both died, the rich man went to torments. And the good man, his name is Lazarus, he went to Abraham's bosom. And one time, for some wild reason, something crazy happened, and he could talk, the rich man could talk to an angel that was in paradise. Now, the reason why this is so crazy is because the Bible says that paradise, Abraham's bosom, is separated in Hades by this huge gulf. So imagine like the, the Gulf of Mexico is separating these three different compartments in Hades. Well, this rich man shouts. He's screaming at the top. He's burning. He's in fire. He's in, he, he's in complete torment. And he yells out, Lazarus, Lazarus. He's trying to get his attention, but Lazarus can't hear him. He's in paradise. He's flying around. He's playing basketball, but he can fly. Can you imagine? 
And so he yells out, and all of a sudden an angel's flying by, and something crazy happens. The angel just stops and looks down, and he can see into the gulf. And this is impossible. People in paradise cannot see into torments, but the people in torments can see. It's, it, it makes it even more tormenting. So imagine that. So the angel is like, and he looks down. And the rich man says, oh, he can see me. He can see me. He can see me. He goes, I know that guy over there. I know him. Tell him. Watch how hot it is. Tell him to dip his finger in that pool over there. Just dip it and let a drop of water come off of his finger and just land on my tongue. Just a drop of water. Can you imagine how hot and how punishing torment is? If just a drop of water would be a comfort. And the angel says back, that's impossible. I'm not going to tell Lazarus that because he's having fun. But number two, there's a gulf between you and I. He can't get to you and you can't get to us. So there's this paradise. Now, the people in paradise... They can't get into heaven, but they want to go there. Jesus just died on the cross last night. The first place that Jesus goes on Saturday, he goes straight to paradise. Here comes all these people are flying, playing harps, doing whatever they do, flying, basketball, whatever. And all of a sudden, Jesus, It is this huge celebration. Ah, oh, Jesus is like, I love you. And it's been thousands of years that they've been in paradise. It's been wonderful. It's been awesome. But it's not heaven. And so Jesus says, look, I just paid the price for all of your sins. We can go to heaven now. They're like, I thought this was heaven. No, this is Nebraska. No, just... <laughs> So I had to throw that in there. But he takes them. And so here we go. And they go straight to heaven. And he brings them to the Father. And from that moment forward, every single person that dies after that. See, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he looked at the thief. And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He goes to paradise. But now after that, the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Father. So if your mother, your father, your grandfather was a believer and they die, they don't go to paradise because the cross has already happened. They go straight, boom, into heaven. So Saturday was incredibly important. Why was that important? Because people were waiting on him and Jesus keeps an eye on every single person and he says, the first thing I got to do, I got to go to paradise and get my children. It's time to go. And I just want to let you know on this very first point that Jesus has a way of drawing you to himself. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 34 that he is a jealous God, that he is jealous for you. And he has a way to allow certain situations when he sees you and I ignoring him, not paying attention to him. He can't handle that. He's like, I, 
I died for you. I love you. I want to spend time with you. He'll allow situations to come into your life to cause you and me to say, I need to get back in church. I need Jesus. And you know what's so wonderful about God is that Jesus, his presence is not any closer to you than he is to me. And he's not ever closer to me than he is to you. He's always one whisper away. He has a way of pulling you to himself. Some of you in this room might be saying, I don't know what is happening in my life. But Jesus knows that you're going to turn to him and call unto him. And he can, do, he can change what's happening to you in a moment. But what's happening in you requires you calling out to him. So that's what happened on Saturday. So it was a big day. Then Sunday, all of a sudden, he steps back into the grave. Now, the grave stinks. When you just got done hanging out in paradise, then you go to heaven, then you come back into this grave. Oh, it stinks. See, when you're in heaven, things rock. Everything is awesome in heaven. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm in heaven, you guys aren't even going to recognize me. First of all, I'm never going to have a shirt on. I'll have six packs. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I'm going to have a tattoo that barks. It's going to be a dog. I'm going to have long blonde hair, and I'm not going to walk anywhere. I'm going to fly. And I'm going to fly upside down, too. Heaven rocks. But he comes back into the grave, and all of a sudden, the grave rolls over. Sunday morning, he steps out. Now, this is huge. Because he just told, for several weeks now, he's been telling his disciples, on the third day, the Son of Man is going to come back to life. He steps out of the tomb. He's already told them, I'm going to die. On the third day, I'm going to come back. He steps out. Nobody's there. Now, you would think, you would think that they would be sitting there with popcorn. You would think he's coming back to life. Nobody is there except for one person. The first person to see him was Mary Magdalene. Now, you may say, why wasn't it John? Why wasn't it his own mother, Mary? Get ready. This is a big revelation. It was Mary Magdalene because she was the only one there. <laughs> Feel free to write that down. That's, that's just, or just write that down. But she's the only one there. Nobody else believed that he was really coming back on the third day. Everybody else was more anxious and afraid than they were full of faith. And I just want to let you know that even still to this day, people, they get anxious and they get afraid and they let their faith kind of slip away. And we just, they just drift away. Some of you haven't been in church in years. I just want you to know that this morning... The Lord's not thinking about that you haven't been in church in years. He's too busy celebrating that you're in church today. And, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm really wanting to do good today because I want to see you back during Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that was out loud. Uh, but <laughs> my wife is going, oh, but uh, what was I talking about? Totally forgot what I was talking about. What was I talking about? Huh? Oh, yeah, Mary was the only one there. Okay, I'm, I'm not even here. Um, but, but, but Mary was there. He came, out, he came out, and I just want you to know if you're taking notes that for those of us that seek him, that those of us that desire to meet with him, Jesus meets with those who search for him. Sometimes we can back up and go, man, that's just fantastic that you have a relationship with God. That's just fantastic that God has gotten into your life. Has anybody ever said, man, God is good. He just moved in my life. And you're like, awesome. My life stinks. But here's the deal. The Bible says this in Jeremiah 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will answer you and tell you great and wondrous things. Point number two, Jesus meets with those who search for him. And now Sunday night, after that, he goes to meet with his disciples. The disciples are scared, hiding in a room. Jesus just walks right through the wall. <laughs> Four people faint. That's not in the Bible, but let's be honest. They come back, Jesus says, stop being afraid. All of their fear, all of their anxiety is replaced with joy and expectation. Except for one person. He stayed full of fear and he stayed full of anxiety. His name is Thomas because he was not there. At some point, he gave up. He stopped believing the disciples came to Thomas and went, dude, you just messed up. <laughs> Jesus showed up. Thomas was like, oh, stupid, 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 stupid. So I'm not going to let that happen again. So everywhere the disciples went, here comes Thomas. Yeah, I'm not going to let that happen again. Everywhere the disciples went, eight days later, Jesus shows up again. And there's Thomas. And he looks at Thomas and he takes away all of his fear takes away all of his anxiety. He gives him the same joy. And that's what happens when we look to Jesus and we say, I don't want to live without you. Our team here at Celebration Church, led by my brother, put together a glimpse, a video, of a life of a person that ended up turning to him the way I'm describing it to you right now. Why don't you take a look at this?
在。